Good morning, everybody. Pretty much, I want to tell you from the start, I love Jesus' stories. I think he is a master storyteller. Parables are one of my favorite things. And so sometimes I think when we're reading the Bible, it kind of feels like we're 10 steps behind what we're supposed to be understanding. And I feel like that's the same with our own stories. I think all of our stories matter. There's lessons that we learn from our own stories. And so... um, Two years ago, my husband, he's been encouraging me all the time to do a podcast, and like, no, let's not. (laughs) And so last September, we started the Parable Podcast in order to hear people's stories, and it's been such an encouragement to me because it helps me listen well, it helps me build empathy, and it helps us understand, like, what the kingdom of God is all about. And so that's what parables mean to me. That's why uh, the church, Westridge, asked us to do this experience today, because I think our stories matter. And so while we're in the middle of this parable series, you get to be a part of the Parable Podcast today. So Rachel, welcome to the Parable Podcast. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? What do you do on a day-to-day? What's your family like? Yeah, so I am married to my husband, Aji, of seven years, though it feels like 20 with the way our life has been the last three. Um, And we have two little girls, a one and a half and a three three and a half year old girl, um, and they are both little spitfires. um, So just, yeah, just trying to survive most days. Um, I, my background, you know, my, if you looked at my resume the last like 10 years, like I kind of, I have a spectrum of like women's ministry experience, children's ministry, um, I was teaching just most recently. I was working out of a blog um, for Christianity Today. Um, but this month, I can tell you, I am a stay-at-home mom, and I am homeschooling my three-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, yeah. So life is busy. So just a, a little bit with homeschooling a three-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah, just a little Very bit. Very easy. Not a full-time with. thing at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rachel, what, do you remember what your first job was that you ever had? I was a teacher's aide for um, a small school. I don't know how many of you are aware of the town called Skokie. So I grew up just north of Chicago, and I was a teacher's aide there. I used to work with ESL students, Mm -hmm. um, little kindergartners there. What about your first job when you were a kid? That, you know, babysitting. 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 And it was the kind of thing where my parents were the type of folks who, you know, I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and they, I grew up in an Indian immigrant church, so there would be folks that would come, like young couples, you know, first to America. My parents would basically adopt them. Okay. They would be at our house for Thanksgivings and Christmases, and so when they would have kids, um, in the summers, they'd be like, Rachel, are you at home? And like seven o'clock in the morning, like someone's knocking on the door while I'm trying to sleep in as a teenager. Yeah. And they're like, can you watch, like, little Roshni right now and I'm like okay like let's go you know so that was kind of my first my first gig that's awesome so Rachel you grew up in the church that was a part of your life as a young kid yes very much both of my parents served in ministry um, unpaid full-time staff basically um, my whole life yeah awesome so I believe that parable stories it helps us kind of shape who we are and also better understand what God is like and how Jesus wants to speak into our life. So, Rachel, if you'd be willing, what is one of your personal parable stories that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say thank you to you, Danielle, and to Westridge for just inviting me here. This is such a privilege and an honor to be able to share uh, my story. And I, I kind of cheated, Danielle. Like, I don't <laughs> have a complete story. When I was thinking about, when you first invited me, I had an idea in my head, like, oh, I'll just talk about my church experience. Um, 
But then as things kind of went on, like even last night, I was just like, that's not the story God wants me to share. Um, so I'm currently in the middle of my story. So I'll invite you all into that. Um, so do I just jump in? Yeah, go okay. for it. Um, so like I mentioned, you know, the last three years, um, pretty much since like March 2020, if I had to give you like a word picture, um, I am in a bit of an abyss. Mm-hmm. Like there is just darkness. There is just this hole. And there are moments where like I feel like light kind of permeates through um, but for the most, most part, I just feel like I'm just in this hole, like this deep abyss. Um, the last few years, like I mentioned, have been just full of hardship, full of struggles. And I know there are folks in here that can resonate with that. Um, you know, so for us, like my youngest is one and a half now. And she, um, both, both of my pregnancies were terrible. Um, like I couldn't walk more than a block uh, with my second pregnancy by like five months without like major pain. Um, and that little one, you know, you think pregnancy will be done and then it'll be sweetness right after she's born. But she came with a myriad of health complications. Um, she's got allergies. She's got eczema. She's got vision issues. She had surgery last November um, for her eyes. Um, and even now, you know, we're in therapies and whatnot. So that's one part of my life that's really hard and doesn't feel like it's letting up. Yeah. Um, there is postpartum depression that I was dealing with, um, that I am dealing with since 2018 with my both kids. Um, there is church trauma. Um, I don't know how many of you can relate to that because a lot of you seem really planted at Westridge, so praise God for that. Um, but Renewal Church is where we attend now, and that's our third church since March 2020. So there's a bit, bit of hardship there. Um, there's my own postpartum recovery. I've been dealing with chronic pain um, since 2018, and then just even these last like six months alone, um, I had to get a surgery, I had a concussion, I've had vertigo, I've had a foot injury, um, and just in the last month, I've had liver MRIs and ultrasounds on my birthday, it was great, um, just to rule out things. And so like, I mean, that's just a, that's a simple picture of my life the last few years. Um, we also moved yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. So like the home I knew for 30 plus years, the town I knew, yeah. we moved and we moved to Bartlett and it's been okay. We're closer to my parents and my brother's family, but moving in the middle of a pandemic, yeah. I don't recommend it. Yeah. And so- Rachel, what would you, thank you for being honest yeah. with that because I think we're like, oh, the Christian life, it's so <laughs> it's sunshine and roses yeah. once you become a Christian. And that's not true. I thank you for speaking into depression and realizing that there's church hurt. Mm-hmm. There's things that happen in our lives. We're like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody who's grown up in the church, what is your like emotional, like how do you feel towards God? Yeah, Because that's... you have some honest and hard feelings. Yeah, so that's a great question. I think like there's definitely been this season of disconnect where like my head knows like God is good. I know how the story ends, Mm -hmm. right? I'm in the middle of the story right now, but I know God is faithful. I know he is good. I know he is sovereign. Um, But like right now, like my heart doesn't like believe that. Yeah. My heart is struggling to feel that because I'm in this darkness and it feels like, where are you, God? what are you doing, right? And if I were to just even draw a timeline of the last few years, it's just like one thing after another. And there's been moments, you know, we're really grateful for where we're at with church and our daughter's doing relatively okay, but um, spending time in the Word, it's just like, how do I know? Like, yeah. God, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so from this abyss, and again, I think that's good for you to share that sometimes we're in the middle of our stories and maybe we're never going to get a full picture. Yeah. We're going to get like little tidbits from over time. But what have you been learning through that time? Yeah, so a couple of things I can share is like one thing, probably starting in January, which was shortly after one of my, I had a surgery, my youngest daughter was in the middle of like some extra evaluations and um, reading through Mark. And one of the things that came up was there was a father that approaches Jesus and he's like, can you heal my son who's been dealing with like this for years since birth? And Jesus is like, do you believe? Yeah. And he's like, I believe, but overcome my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing, like God has been pressing on my heart. Because mm-hmm. um, I believe, right? I know how this story ends. Like, if not on this side of eternity, in the days to come. Um, but overcome my unbelief, God. And um, just a few weeks at church, you know, we had a sermon and the pastor was preaching on Job. Mm-hmm. And talk about a person who's suffered, who's been in an yeah. abyss. And the pastor there was sharing, you know, Satan wants me to choose not to bother with God. So it's easy for me to just, you know, wake up in the morning, and I've got littles, so there's grace, um, but to not want to open up my Bible or have worship music in the background because he's not really doing anything, right, mm-hmm. from my heart perspective. He's not, I'm just stuck here. Um, I'm in this abyss. Will he heal? Will he bring peace? Um, is this really the church we'll get to be at for five, ten plus years? Um, will my depression ever lift? Um, and so I feel like another thing God is teaching me is like, just like when the disciples were trying to wake up Jesus in the middle of the storm, yeah. and they're like, Lord, don't you care? Um, wake up. <laughs> and I think that's where God is like bringing me, like, just to keep turning to Him, even when. Um, he seemingly seems quiet. Um, keep approaching him. Keep surrounding myself, you know, with folks who are going to hold up my arms, you know, in faith um, to be in worship, to be in prayer. And thank God for my two littles who love yeah. to sing worship music. Because if it was not for them, there are days where you know I probably wouldn't in this yeah. season. Yeah, I like what you said, Rachel, about he's not really doing anything. I think that's really important because that's what as we as Christians are just going through our, our life, figuring out our journey. It's hard to see what the bigger perspective is. And so one of the ways that I wanted to kind of tie in a, a parable today was the parable it's found in Matthew and Luke, and it's Jesus, and he's talking about yeast, and he's talking about the kingdom of God. And the great thing about Jesus, he uses everyday things like yeast. And he says, do you want me to tell you what the kingdom of God is like? It's like some yeast which a woman hid in a huge quantity of flour, and soon the whole batch of the dough was rising. And I just kind of was like, okay, I don't use yeast day to day. I don't know, in 2020, did you make a lot of bread? No. So, um, like, what is that? What is that about? And, you know, Jesus comes in small and humble. And, you know, everyone thought he was going to come in as this great king and ruler, but he uses yeast to focus us on being like microscopic. It's very tiny. It's going to start slow and it's going to start humble. So why do you think it's hard for us to be kind of small and humble in our lives, especially when we're in a season like this, when we're just like, I don't know about you, God. Yeah. I mean, I think we live in a day and age where control is like our thing, right? Everything's on a device. 
um, things Amazon can deliver something to your house the next Thank couple you, of hours. Day. Thank you, Prime. <laughs> and so I think it's hard when we have to relinquish control and maybe you're in that abyss and you're like, God, I can't do anything here. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck. And even if I don't choose to be humble, I am humbled. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why it's hard. And just to know, like, I have nothing to rely on except for him. Mm -hmm. And then to remember that he's in this with me is I think another yeah. challenge. It's like, I don't have to have it all together. It's okay if my depression and physical things linger, because mm -hmm. he's with me. Yeah. So another thing is that what you, you were kind of talking, it lingers, is that sometimes that yeast in our life, it, it can become dead. I don't know if you ever made any bread, like I still use yeast that's like super old, and then mm. it, it rises, but not the best. So. I kind of think of like, you know, sometimes we look at our world and it is like a dumpster fire, okay? It's, it's yeah. horrible sometimes, just either what's going on personally or around us. And I think, you know, God wants us to have growth and potential and transformation. And so when, when there's yeast in that dough, it is, it's rising and it's growing and it's slow. And so, Rachel, have you seen God change your heart over this time and just kind of grow in a new pattern of understanding about who he is and his character? Yeah. Um, I would say yes and no. Yeah. You know, if I'm being completely honest, I know we're at church, and so I'll just be real. <laughs> um, no in the sense of, like, there are days where I'm like, okay, God, like, you're good and faithful. It's been a rough few years. When are you going to show up? But then there's other days where I'm like, God, you have been so faithful. You know, I, I don't know what we would have done with all my daughter's health complications if we weren't uprooted from our life in Skokie and Evanston, you know. Um, so I have seen God, like, prove himself. And even in this abyss that I'm still in, like, I know he's there, and I'm kind of, like, clenching my fists and just, you know, but I also know, like, his loving embrace is right there. And he's going to, like, force that hug on me until I relinquish. And I feel like that's really what this season has been about. It's just about learning to let go and be in my feelings and be acknowledge that this is hard. Um, but to know that he is with me and yeah. he's the great I am. And just like we were singing, you know, deliver me that I can call out to him mm -hmm. and ask for that. Yeah, that's good, Rachel. You know, there's this choice that we have to choose in our life, and the great thing is that God gives us that choice. Do we want to choose to rise up? Um, because it's really hard when you feel, when you're in the midst of depression, when you're in something hard, it's really hard to rise up. And so thank God that he can be that activator yeah. that really allows us to do that, because sometimes we're not going to be able to do it on our own. Sometimes there's other people mm -hmm. in our life. Have you seen anybody walk alongside you in this season that has just kind of helped you rise to the occasion and just focus on God through this experience? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, um, so even like thinking about March 2020, um, if I can kind of sidetrack just to give some background, um, I had a mentor that was with me at our old church who's, who knew me when I was single and living at home to fast forward like fertility issues and then having our first child, but then our church basically split and this mentor broke up with me. Yeah. And, and so kind of like March 2020 was like, I have nobody, but 
in leaving that church, like God brought a few sisters into my life that, I mean, we, we had gone to church together for five years, but that was a season where God brought them in. And yeah. we still text every day, kind of just sharing different things. And so, um, you know, I think that you think about when Moses got tired of praying, mm-hmm. you know, and holding up his arms, like he had people to do that. I think God has provided um, some sisters over the last few years, and even our church community now, I don't know what we would have done um, this past year even without mm-hmm. the support of our church family. Yeah, it's in those spaces where we have people in our life that are safe that we are able to share our parable stories because I think when, we, when you just say like your story, you're like, it doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is really the point? But it's through, maybe we don't have exactly the same story, but there's these certain emotions and connection points that like, yes, I've dealt with that same emotion before. And it helps us better understand and see God in our own story and recognize, yeah, yeah. our stories do matter. Um, you know, yeast also, it's slow and it's hidden. It's like in the spaces that you don't really see. It's so small. And so when you rest in God, Rachel, how have you seen him walk alongside you in the slow and the steady ways? Because, I mean, this has been a slow process. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there some way or, like, helpful ways that you are able to, like, think about it daily so you can practically see God in your life to help you bring it back in? Yeah. That's a great question. I think for me, um, like I mentioned, with two little girls who love to sing, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of songs that are on repeat at our house, and even those songs, like in and of itself, like my youngest loves to sing Jesus Paid It All. Mm-hmm. And even that is just speaking the gospel to myself, singing the gospel to them, and having them sing it back to me is a major way, mm-hmm. I think, that even if I don't feel that connection, yeah. I know God is planting seeds that, you know, one day will grow. Mm-hmm. And I think just the other thing is just um, just trying to be in the word mm-hmm. um, as much as possible, even if it's just a verse a day um, and giving myself grace, you know, um, when I can't get there. But um, like, like the word says, like his word is living and active. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that even when I wake up in the morning in a dark day and it feels like he's not going to move, he's not going to speak, he's not going to do anything, to also have that faith that, yeah, he's doing something. Yeah. You know, his word is going to speak. It's going to bear fruit. It won't come back empty. And I just have yeah. to hold to that. Yeah. Rachel, thank you so much for being honest and helping us better understand what that abyss looks like. Because I think most of us have kind of had that season in our life or it may be coming. And so it helps us see the beauty of what God is going to do in our lives. Yeah. Um, that we can trust and we can hold tight to that and knowing that um, it's good. Mm. It's good. Um, You know, God prepares us. He prepares our heart and our soul and our minds. And so I know you can look back on your life and you're kind of like, why did this happen? What was the purpose for this? And his ultimate goal is for us to just rest in him that we are just a part of this bigger kingdom of God, that we can rest and we can hold tight to the fact that he is true and he is good. And our parable stories, they permeate other people's hearts. They help other people grow and learn and connect in a way when they feel like they are lost and there's no way out. So 
maybe we're not going to see all the effects that our life has, but, you know, we can do so little on our own, but together God can take us. We can rise and we can rest in what he's going to do, and it's going to be unimaginable. So he's not done yet. And so, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing today. Really appreciate it.